This is exactly right. Welcome to Ghosted by Roz Hernandez, the podcast that involves me, Roz, and people that I like talking about spooky, ooky, freaky, deaky, weird stuff. I've got on the show today one of my favorites, Kirsten Vangsness. We get weird in this episode. I mean, we're getting alieny. There's going to be a couple of things that you're going to go, is that real? I don't know about all that. But it's good to be skeptical. Speaking of, I was looking through my email, ghostedbyroz at gmail.com, and I found an email from a listener named Pearl. Pearl's skeptical. Pearl writes, I'm very excited that this podcast exists. Growing up and even now, I still live in haunted houses. While I'm a skeptic and seriously try to find any explanation for happenings, sometimes I just cannot find one other than, well, ghosts. I have a lot of stories to tell, but I'm going to share my first truly ghostly experience with you. When I was about 15 years old, I was home alone on a Friday night around 9 p.m. Like a normal teen in the early 2000s, I was on the landline talking to my friend Dan and dragging the long cord from room to room. The nostalgia. As we chatted, I wandered back to the kitchen And to my surprise, I discovered that the silverware drawer and a few others were wide open. Nothing was out of place but the drawers. Spooked, but assuming that I was responsible during my mindless wandering, I closed up the drawers and told Dan what was going on. And I said, it's either me or a ghost, I laughed. Unexplainably, right then, the phone hung up, leaving me with a dial tone. Again, I didn't think that much of this, and I walked off to the bathroom before returning to call Dan back. About two minutes later, I picked up the phone, and again, to my surprise, Dan was already on the line. Oh, that's funny. We must have called each other at the same time, I said. What's your grandma doing up so late? Dan asked me. I had no idea what he was talking about. My grandma? She's not here. Dan swore that he had just had a brief conversation with who he assumed was my grandma before I had gotten back on the line. He had never lost a connection on the call. As we tried to come up with an explanation, I continued wandering and walked around the corner into the living room. On the floor was a pile of our silverware sitting in a messy circle. A 
At that point, I panicked and asked Dan to come over immediately to get me. Someone had to be in the house. Now, Dan, who was just a mile away, came over and took me to a friend's house to stay while I waited for my parents to arrive. Now, this story is pretty typical, I feel. But the creepiest part of the whole thing happened about eight years later when my same friend Dan and I were drinking wine with my dad at my parents' new house. Remember that time you were home alone and the silverware ended up in the living room? My dad asked. Of course. Well, he said, the guy who owned the house before we bought it had died in the house due to an accident right where that silverware had been laying. The old man had burned to death one winter when he had fallen asleep by his fireplace and the fire had gotten out of hand. If you go in the basement, there are still burn marks on the ceiling. Pearl also writes, even though I'm studying to be a neuropsychologist and deeply believe that science can explain anything, sometimes I have to ask, can it? Pearl! I mean, I love to hear that from a neuropsychologist. And I'm also obsessed with the ghosts that you had. I love an old man that happens to sound like a grandma who is down to talk on the landline and make a mess. That's my kind of ghost. I love anytime a ghost is making phone calls. That is the best. There are a lot of stories of people talking to someone that was already passed on the phone. I I feel like I don't hear them as much for some reason with cell phones, but they do still happen. I do still hear people talking about that happening. If you've had a story like that, please send it on over. I actually have a friend that told me one time a relative had called them randomly and their phone had already like been disconnected for years at that point like oh okay guys speaking of talking on the phone to people i talked to kirsten vang's nest and i want to share that conversation with you on with the show oh my god i am joined today by a true Icon of eyewear. Kirsten Vangsness. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Oh my God. Thanks for coming back. So, for some reason, the word weird is in my head today. Mm -hmm. It's because I was researching some really, really weird stuff. And weird is such a cool word. I love it. I mean, what's your relationship with that word? Well, I think of like the weird sisters from Macbeth. Oh. Which are the witches. They call them the weird sisters. Okay. And if I was cool enough, I would have it off the top of my brain, but I can't remember what exactly weird means. I'm going to make a wild guess and I bet I'm not wrong because I think I vaguely remember this, that it doesn't just mean being strange, right? It probably has something to do with femininity Mm. and it being full of mystery and evil you know it's like it's they're synonymous you know what i mean it's like being left-handed which i am it's all of that like ah, like beware the feminine inside of thee for it will come and wreak havoc and call up all of the evil spirits <laughs> and i relate do you identify as weird oh gosh yes i remember my friend's kid one time was like you're weird 
Mm-hmm. And I was telling this kid, the opposite of weird is boring, in my opinion. Right. Who wants to be boring? I'd rather be weird. I'm always here for anybody. It's kind of like how I always feel like it's better to have bad taste than no taste. As long as you got something that is unique to you. Making a choice. That's what it is. Weird is making your own choice. Totally. I'm going to look it up. Okay, so weird... This is not giving me a good definition. No, but look up etymology of weird. Yeah, you're right. Etymology. Because that's where they get you. Okay. Uh, Originally meant having the power to control destiny. There it is. Making a choice. Thank you. So I want to get weird today. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. Actually, my partner, we're just about to celebrate our three-year anniversary and like we're like the loves of each other's lives. One of the first things that he texted to me was, let's get weird, Kirsten. I was like, I think that this dude won't mind this little left-handed queer kid. He'll like me. Yes. I think that's so much of like the paranormal conversation parallels queerness, weirdness, whatever, where people don't understand things and they fear what they don't understand. So they just assume. Yeah. Going back to the feminine, like whether you biologically were born with a uterus inside of you or we're talking about your metaphorical uterus, which I would argue everybody has. There are those of us that are more in touch with our metaphorical uterus. There are people that have an actual uterus that are not in touch with that uterus. But the point of a uterus is is it is a potential space. I wrote a play about this because I'm so fascinated by it. To make, yes, a baby, but also a bread or a song It's taking the invisible and making it visible. Mm. So when you talk about paranormal stuff, you're basically talking about the invisible that was visible or the potential that it could be there. The not proof of it being, well, I can't see it. Well, you can't see a lot of things until (laughs) they come to be. Right. It again goes into that feminine idea of having this direct line to the universe that we have by dint of being in touch with that feminine energy that is more open and receiving of the mystery. Well, my metaphorical uterus is about to pop with some weirdness. I am crowning over here. That's right. Have you had any paranormal experiences since I talked to you last? Honestly, paranormal... What is the definition of paranormal? Not normal. normal? No, I don't... um, Para. You know, things you can't find the the explanation for. I'm going to look it up. I should know this. Okay, so paranormal, That the definition is denoting events or phenomena, which might be my favorite word. I love phenomena. Phenomena. Um, yeah. Phenomena, such as telekinesis or clairvoyance, that are beyond the scope of normal scientific understanding. So, yeah, it's essentially just like things that science doesn't have the answers for yet. Yes. I think that my whole life is a series of paranormal experiences. There are people that choose to believe that they aren't consorting with the invisible 24-7, and there are people that do. And I am one of those people that do. You know, my best friend left the planet when I was 20, 21, maybe. He was 22, 23. It was right before the AIDS cocktail was around, and I made deals with him before he left the planet. I made deals and I find myself daily reminding myself to keep up with those deals. One of which is that I make stuff with him. 
I don't know if I even buy every time that I've gone with a friend who's gone like, we got to go listen to this psychic. I am not the friend who's like, we got to go listen to this person. I am not that friend, but I am the friend that will go with that person. So Roz, (laughs) if you ever want a friend to go with you, I am the person to call. I'm the begrudging like, okay, I'll bring a backpack full of books. I don't know if I even buy this. I'm a little mad. And then what happens is I go and I sit down and then that fucking person will say something. This happens Every time, the last time it was like, okay, over here, get this energy about New York City. Died very young, but it's been a long time. And he's right here and, oh, fuck you, Michael. Okay, yes. <laughs> I get so frustrated because it's not like I don't believe it. It gets to a certain point where I'm like, I don't want to have a conversation with you in front of this strange woman. Can you just talk to me when we get home? Right. One of the things that people always say whenever I encounter that stuff is, oh, he such a presence because you think about him so much. Oh, okay. And it's it's always really affected me because I always want him around. So I do think about him. So to answer your question, it's all day, every day in a variety of ways. Michael just being one of the specific ones, I think it improves my mental health extraordinarily much to think I'm concerning with the invisible. And, you know, people consider me pretty healthy. I am also batshit crazy. But like, okay. You know what I mean? Like someone could get really mad at me and be like, it's not real. Like, go ahead, be mad. But I'm allowed to believe in things that nobody knows about. Because last time I checked, there's nobody that's dead that came back and is, I was dead. And now I'm back to tell you that that couldn't be more wrong. So... Well, there's sometimes there's those near-death experience people that die briefly. Well, yes. My favorite is Anita Morjani. Who's that? Every Anita I know is a drag queen. And it's like, Anita, cocktail, Anita. Well, I don't think she's a drag queen, but I mean... Anita Moore what? Anita Morjani, I think is her last name. She wrote a wonderful book that I really like. And she had a pretty drastic, intense near-death experience. And... It's really beautiful, a lot of the stuff she talks about. But I just read about one the other day, and I read it, and I was so mad. Because it was like some dude who was like, yeah, I died. I saw my dad, and he said, there's no beer in heaven. (laughs) And then it was just black and nothing. And it was like this weird mix of some guy basically saying, like, there's no afterlife. But yet your dad told you there's no beer in heaven. So, yeah, what's he doing? Yeah. Where's he? It was very confusing. Um, but I like the ones that explain it in resonance with what I already know. I am a believer that when things are in resonance, it's true. And when it's dissonant, it is not true. Well, this is one of my theories. That's almost not even a theory because it's so general. I think that everything could be true for everybody. If you think about the afterlife being this beautiful, magical place. That looks different for a lot of different people. It's just like when I talk to psychics that will tell me how these spirits talk to them or whatever, different ways. Some will be like, he's standing. I I always see the people standing right there. Other people will be like, they only talk to me. Like I think that we all just have like different ways of interpreting kind of the same thing. Yeah, we have different sensitivities. We have different things like that. That's making me think of two separate things, one of which is Eckhart Tolle. Mm Mm-hmm. He wrote The Power of Now. I really like that book. This thing really stuck in my brain that he talks about. This is what I took away from what he's saying. This isn't necessarily what he's saying. About death and about meditating. This idea that if you practice, and I'm not always a big meditator, but I understand the concept of 
if you can be at peace with knowing that you are part of this bigness, but you're also just you, and you can handle that dichotomy, that when you separate from your, you know, meat suit, that will help you even more when you die because you won't have so much pain letting go of who you, you can still hold on to who you were. You know, it's almost like another person who I just love, 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 the Esther Hicks of it all. Right. That idea of like the non-physical of you being bigger than the just physically centered. Because if you had to walk around all day knowing everything that you would just, it would just be overwhelming. You know what I mean? And again, people could say like, she's just making shit up. I don't really care. I just... If it works for you, it works for you. You got to know that there's something and that you just don't know. And to answer your question from way back, now I'm like, oh, wait, a couple of months ago, I was talking to someone who is a psychic, which I think essentially means like you get intuitive hits that feel like big guesses, and then you are either brave enough or dumb enough or something to spit it out of your mouth to someone and say, I think that your mom is telling me that you should stop smoking. I think it's like sense of humor. Sometimes you think you got something good, you say it, it bombs. That's right. (laughs) It takes courage to be able to like put yourself out there and say it. Some people can make a living from it. Some people are, are just like, you know, the funny person in the building. That's right. Some people think they're Eddie Murphy. (laughs) And some people are Eddie Murphy when it comes to psychics. There you go. So was this an Eddie Murphy psychic? I think it was because he was talking. We were talking about stuff, blah, blah, blah. And he was like just edging around this stuff about my paternal person who donated sperm to make me be put on the planet. And I hadn't said anything, but he said, there's somebody who's here but he's not invited. You don't invite him in. He's actually outside smoking a cigarette in the alley. Wait, what? Again, it's like, I don't know what I believe. I don't know if I believe that or not believe that. There was a part of me that I was like, yes, that tracks because I don't let him in. However, this is when we go back to the Eckhart Tolle. I think that there's a small G. There's a small ghost version of a person. There's like who you were that's like hovering around. And I don't know if, That's just our small-mindedness trying to, like, handle what a ghost is. And then there's, like, the expanded version. Like, I've had plenty of times where I've been in therapy, and my therapist wants me to, like, engage with, you know, this person that I've had trauma happen that is now dead. And she said, like, imagine, like, send him off to a planet where he has to do, like, all-day therapy and all this stuff. So, like, I think about that, and I'm like, that would be really cool if that happens. My fairy godmother, I lived at her house from when I was like 16 and she was so open-hearted with me, Um, Carol, and she transitioned to non-physical about 10 years ago. One of these times I got dragged with one of my friends to a psychic, talked about Carol and said her name and said, she's taking care of babies now. And that would be something that Carol would love to do. So I like, there's a part of me that's like, these big expanded spirit, when you die, you go to planets and you heal yourself. If you were already great, you get to get in the like the baby Nick you in heaven. and Or there's like little tiny bits of your ghost that smoke in back alleys and just wander around in sheets with holes in them going, ooh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, or write Saw movies. I don't know, but like there's just different, I don't know. Okay, so going back to who was uh-huh. in your house that's a psychic or who was this person? That was telling me about my dad? Yes. 
that was someone that I know through somebody else who is a psychic. I was actually at their house. Oh, okay, okay. So how did you come to the conclusion that that was your father? Because the way he, in which he just described him, he did something with his body, and it could be what I'm filling in and what happens. I mean, you just don't know. But it was enough for me to go, uh-huh. And more than that, it helped me. When that guy described that thing about my dad and the way he was standing and how he was in the alley with the cigarette and he wasn't invited into this conversation, it made me feel really good because I had to work so hard at creating boundaries with this person Mm -hmm. and creating my own emotional boundaries with people who behaved like that, that when he said, oh, he's in the alley, he's not allowed to come in. And I got this image of this sort of surly guy who wasn't allowed into into my space, I was like, yep. So I don't care if it's real or not. That helped me. That was like, ooh, she's getting better. That's inspiring because I go to like these haunted places sometimes where I'm like, I don't want the really scary one coming up and touching me or whatever. And people will tell me about like, you put up a boundary, protect yourself. I like to hear it working because I do think that we have more power. Like I'm alive, you're dead. Yes, but yes, and (laughs) yes, and. Okay, taking us to the groundlings. Thank you. Uh, Because I'm with a professional. I need to. um, (laughs) Anybody who in any degree wants to be empathetic or is, you have to curate your feed. Mm. You know, whether it's your social media, what you consume, you consume whatever the fuck you want. You know, I mean, they're not saying, I'm not putting a moral judgment on what people consume. But I am saying if you consume, like you go into a space that is going to have some weird energy in it, and you are a person who happens to be very good at picking up on everybody's radio frequencies, which I will now go back to weirdos. If you were a kid who was a big weirdo, who got beat up, who got whatever, who lived in a family where you had to be hyper vigilant, you know what's going on in the room. You pick it up immediately, right? So not only do you have to be aware that you're picking it up, but you have to maintain your own radio station and not get confused with their radio station, not invite them in. It's almost like humming a song while other people are singing around you and you have to keep your song going because you can, in those spaces, like you said, those spooky areas start all of a sudden doing their weird, creepy ring around the rosy round with them without knowing you're doing it. That's how they turn you into one of their bride ghosts. (gasps) That's how they do it. But that's the role I was born for. I know. But not yet. You're meant for more than singing Frere Jaca in an old haunted (laughs) New Orleans mansion. There's more to you than that. I want that. I know, I know. But that's just part of your legacy. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, this is the extraterrestrial contactee known as Samuel Eaton Thomas. 
Thompson. Ever hear of this story? No. Well, listen to this. This is a weird one. It was originally talked about in an article of Fate magazine. The article was called The Coming of the Venusians by Jerome Clark in 1981. Okay, okay, okay. So this man that we're talking about, Samuel Eaton Thompson, and honey, he was eaten. He ate. There was no crumbs left behind after this story. He never sought notoriety or money with his story, which I think that does say something. This story happened in 1950, and the article didn't come out until 1981. And the thing is, it didn't get very much attention at the time in 1950 because it's such an outlandish story. Okay, so Samuel Eaton Thomas, he's a retired railroad worker. He's in his 70s. He's in Centralia, Washington. He says that he is visiting his family in the western part of Washington, and he's on his way back home. He's driving, okay. pulls over in a forested area, and he decides, you know what? I'm just going to get out. I'm going to explore. He sees this walking trail. It's beautiful. Yeah, why not? Stretch my legs out, you know? Maybe he had to pee. I don't know. So he goes through this little trail. And he sees a big old UFO hovering above the trees. So he goes a little closer to it. And he sees that there's steps that are leading down to the ground from the UFO. Uh Uh-huh. And on the steps, there's a bunch of small people, presumably children, that are just like playing and having a good time. Human children? Well, he says that they have finer features than a human. Okay. They had dark tans, long, luscious blonde hair that went down to their waist. And he says he's not scared. He's like totally here for it. And he starts getting closer. And he says that at about 50 feet from it, he can feel that there's heat emanating from it. So he gets a little closer. And then he notices that there's bigger ones, presumably adults, They're like peeking out, I think from the UFO, from up above. And they're kind of like, okay, creep. Like we're trying to enjoy our vacation here with our kids. We took our RV out. Yeah. We're just trying to let let the children out and do a little dancing outside. Yeah. Get their wiggles out. Yeah. We're just here on Earth for like, we're just on our vacation. We want to just enjoy the gravity. Yeah. Like that's a new theory I have that UFOs are basically like RV trips. For aliens, you know. Yeah. Are they like deadheads? (gasps) Do they treat Earth like it's a fish concert? Yes. Where other people, they're like, we're going to Earth. And they're like, Earth? Like, isn't that just a 25-minute xylophone solo? They're like, let's get trippy, man. Why? (laughs) Beware, there's 70-year-old men that might creep up on you. Yeah. So at first they're like, okay, what are you doing, weirdo? Yeah. And he's like, no, 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 I come in peace. And they're like, okay, fine. You want to come in? You can check out our Winnebago or whatever. You know, come on in. Right, right, right. They tell him, allegedly, to take off his shoes and socks. And by the way, all these people are naked. You know what's weird is I don't know if you told me that. Maybe you told me that at the beginning. But in my mind, from jump. They're all naked. Yeah. Which is why I thought of the fish thing, because I was thinking of the cover of that Led Zeppelin album with the children (gasps) crawling on the... With the long hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. So they tell him that they're from Venus. Okay, they're lying. They're (laughs) lying. 
They say they're from Venus and that they're they, lying. He says that they speak kind of in improper English. Now, this also brings up to me like I hear these stories of aliens that telepathically speak to people. And could we argue that these beings that we don't understand, that part of their special advanced gifts is that they can speak in a way that we understand? Or are we supposed to believe that they straight up speak English on Venus? Oh, my God. So, so Western centric. Of course, they speak English. They don't speak Spanish. Right. They don't speak Mandarin. Right. I mean, of all of the languages of the earth that would be appropriate to learn, they're going to speak English. I don't buy it one bit. By the way, I like that you think that they're lying and not him. <laughs> well, here's the other thing. This is where my brain went. Let's just say that it's just them telling us that because they just don't want us to go outside, you know, don't go, don't go gallivanting. Don't make your own spaceship and go RVing on your own. Oh, right. I always say I think Earth is like the bad neighborhood of the galaxy. And I don't think that they want Earth people finding. Right. So they probably gave a fake address and I don't blame them. We're from Venus. You've heard of Venus. <laughs> It's possible that also they don't know where they're from because he was saying that they seem to be very ignorant of a lot of just typical stuff, but they're super happy. They're the most cheerful people you ever met. Their kids are well-behaved. They say that they come in peace. You know, they're not looking for any problems here. They're a little bit nervous being on Earth because people have shot at their UFOs before on Earth. Now, is this just a story he's telling? Like, I got to tell the story of this vision I had after I licked a frog? Or does he have pictures? Did they give him a souvenir? Well, I got it for you. Don't you worry. I mean, honestly, read the article, anyone listening to this that wants to know, because there's there's so much stuff that they tell him. What's his first name again? Samuel Eaton Thompson. Samuel Eaton Thompson. Speaking of Eaton, they're vegans and they prepare him some food. It's completely raw. Um, he says that they say they have the same kind of crops, essentially, on Venus or wherever they're from. Who knows? Right. Maybe they're from Kansas or something. Don't uh, come. Don't don't yeah, show up. Just on whatever nest. you do. Yeah. Okay. So he says they're never sick. They die of uh, only of old age. Blah, 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 blah. Honestly, they just tell him so much shit. So he ends up staying the night in the UFO. Oh. The next day he's like, all right, can I uh, go get my camera and come back? And they're like, Fine, but just don't bring anyone back with you. He comes back. He takes pictures. Now, stuff like this can be a little convenient, but he says that none of the pictures came out because everything was so glowing and so much light was emanating that all of the photos came out blank. I don't know. So he basically ends up spending two days with them. And I kind of, I feel like they're very polite. And this is the moment when you text your friend, Okay, this guy came over. Call me. Pretend that we're having an emergency. And then you, like, pick up your phone. You're like, oh, my God, right, no right, way. Right. I got to go. And then you're like, so sorry. When you're online dating, you always tell a friend where you're going. Totally. You tell them they absolutely text you 40 minutes in. That immediately gives you an out. And you're like, oh, it's my grandma. I got to go. Which is what they should have done. Unless they had a good time with him. I don't know. But either way, this man just ate all their food and slept in their home for two days, essentially. So the trip ends because they're like, all right, 
We got to go. They told him he could contact them whenever, but just don't go around telling everybody about it. Uh-huh. Oh, and then one more thing that they told him. They told him, she's got it. Yeah, baby, she's got it. I'm your Venus. I'm your fire. Your desire. That was what they told him. This is actually real. It's just a little color I threw in. Uh, <laughs> so sources that knew this man or spoke to him said that he's very sincere, does not have a sense of humor. He was very serious about it. The writer of the article in Fate magazine that I um, got all this from, he listened to tapes of this man sharing this stuff. And he speculated like maybe it was a dreamlike experience that felt real, that he was like kind of pulling from different things in his life. Kind of like a Wizard of Oz moment, honestly. Like, who knows? Mm -hmm. His friends and his family were like, girl, what? It was just such an outlandish thing. Because also he was gone for like two days. So they're like, what? So he ended up coming back with his son and the, the thing had already flown off and there was, there was no trace of any of this. But okay, the thing that is crazy about this is that there was also a similar story by a man named W.H. Hopkins that was published in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch in 1897, the gay 90s. And that was basically the same kind of thing. In Springfield, Missouri, he saw a naked lady with long blonde hair down to her waist that was silky with, a, you know, keratin treatment, honey. She's out there. She's got a, a man with her, you know, masculine version of whatever these people are. And he's also naked. And this guy communicates with them and they show him around their UFO and then they flew off. They're very free thinking. Yeah, they sound like hippies for sure. They do sound very fish concert. I know. So I don't know. Do you believe any of this? I want to. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I believe that he believes it. Yeah, I come to that conclusion a lot, which I don't mean in a way that discounts the possibility or anything. But it doesn't seem like he was lying based on what the people around him that talked to him and listened to him tell his story and the fact that he didn't want any money for it. Or It does seem like they were lying. They're not from Venus. If they're from Venus, then everybody is lying to us about space. This is how yoga instructors start saying that vaccines are bad and that they filmed <laughs> the landing on the moon. And I don't want to be one of those people. No, 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 no. It's definitely a fine line between fun and dangerous. Who's keeping... There, obviously, there are gatekeepers to this information because they think our brains will explode, right? But also, thank God for your podcast because you're going to be the only thing that's keeping us all, you know, aware. <laughs> Of the real stuff, you guys. Well, aliens are not my favorite thing to talk about, but I'm very fascinated by them. I just think it gets in such tricky territory so quickly with all of the conspiracy and the government and all of that. But I do think that it's definitely a part of this conversation. And it's part of the paranormal because the universe is expanding, right? And I do think that there has got to be some sort, I don't know what it is, but a connection between afterlife, afterlife on Earth and the universe and its mm -hmm. expansion. And more than that, the parallel universes that exist, quantumness being what it is, stuff that we just don't understand. There is something in there, the multipleness of things and the bigness of it all that we just don't get. Yes, there was something actually that I skipped in here they told him that 
all people return to the planet that their astrological sign was when they were born. And so he was born in Venus, which is why they instantly recognize that, at least within him. And Interesting. Well, first of all, I think it's fascinating that Earth astrology has transcended so many different cultures in the universe. I mean, that's right. <laughs> interesting. But also on their astrological chart, Earth is going to be a planet. They're going to be like, uh, your Scorpio is an Earth right now. And we never have that. Yeah, that would be all twisted. They don't even have Venus in their astrological because that's their planet. But also, do they call it Venus in Venus? No. Or is that something we decided we call it in Earth? Again, everything has been covered in in westernized bullshit because, of course, it's got to be one of the goddesses from uh, from white people. And you know what I mean? It's all it's all that. I bet what happened, I bet you anything would happen is they weren't anything like him. And he told the story to make it seem like they were more Western. They told him outlandish things and said, we're from all over here. And guess what? You don't know. You don't know that white people aren't the center of the universe. <laughs> and then he got mad. And then he wrote this whole narrative saying that they spoke his language. This is white centering 101. See, I think... So many of these stories are like an excuse someone made up in the moment because they were trying to deny something. Like, he probably was on his way home and decided that he wanted to go to a casino or something. And his wife— Or he has a lover. He has a male lover. Or a male lover. And his wife is like, where have you been for the past two days? And he's like, it was the craziest thing. They were from Venus. Aliens took me. I and can you imagine that aliens taking you is more soothing to your nervous system than saying, I am in love with another man? In 1950, I mean... It's true. Oh, that's sad. But um, I don't know if I believe it. I want to. The reason I brought up the 1987 thing is... Or sorry, the 1897 thing was that, you know... The chances of him having read this little tiny press write-up about this story back then, it's unlikely, but it's a very similar story. However, those people said that they were from Mars, but I don't know. The bottom line is there's stuff we don't know. This is truly the unknown. Really, we're just trusting people that they say have, you know, done the things, which a lot of those people I do trust. I do. Tr I trust science. Yeah. I definitely am here for science, for sure, about the things that are super important to have the answers to. To me, it's not as important. <laughs> as obsessed as I am with, like, are aliens real or are ghosts real? I don't think it's as important as, like, vaccines and cures for diseases and stuff like that. Are transgender children real? Yeah. They are. I'm... They exist. Um. Okay, you want to hear some ghost voices? Yes. It's time for EVPs or EV please. So you played this with me the last time you were on. Basically, I go to the internet, I find recorded voices of ghosts speaking that people allege are ghosts. I'm going to play it for you, and then we're going to guess what the person that posted it thinks this is saying. So this first one is from Ollie's Hauntings, O-L-Y-S Hauntings, 
And that is um, on TikTok at Ollie's Hauntings. And they recorded this in their house. This is a good one. So tell me what you think this ghost is saying. It's a real soothing, chill tone. Yeah. I mean, I think that they really want everybody to know that the ghosts in their house are mean and that they're really good for you for living in that house. Let me play it again. Get out of my house, something like that. We're terrified for Sarah. We're terrified for Sarah. Oh, God. We're terrified forever. Ooh. But that's not what they thought. Here's some options. Is it A, we can't find Grandpa? Grandpa might be on the run. Is it B, I came for crab legs? Which, you know, like when you bust down the door at a Red Lobster. Nobody does that. Uh, Is it C, I can defy gravity? Could be a Wicked fan. Or is it D? I'm a no, no. That's just really nothing. It's just... Close. Close. Okay. Here we go. Let's play it again. Can't find Grandpa. What, what, what'd she say? We can't find Grandpa. Yeah. Why do they have to be so scary sounding? Do they know how scary? I think they don't know that they sound like that. I'd be way more willing to help these ghosts if they were just sort of like... Just be nice. No, but I don't think they know that they sound like that. I think... You know how in a dream it's so hard for you to communicate? And like when I'm in a, having a dream and I'm having a nightmare, sometimes I'm trying to talk and say help. And it, I can hear myself. And it comes out like... Oh, like you can't move your mouth like you think you can. Right. So maybe they think that they're just being like, hey, could you help us? We can't find grandpa. And it comes out like, because they're, it's taking so much effort, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm sure it takes time to figure out how to do all the things as a ghost. Any ghosts are listening to this podcast. Do some Feldenkrais. Do some like voice work. Oh my God. There needs to be like a theater teacher. The mood is very ominous, and that just sounded like a pretty decent request. Here's one more from their same Well, it's from their home. What is this one saying? Get off of it. Get off of it. I said get off of it. Get up. It's definitely a g. Get off of it. Gabby Hoffman. The actress Gabby Hoffman. Uh-huh. Get off of it. Okay, is it A, get a load of this. B, get off of it. C, give me a bit. Or D, get me some of it. Get off of it. I think it's get off of it. I don't know if that's a ghost, though. That's just a person that they... It sounds like a TV or something. Yeah, why? How do we know that they didn't make the noises? Do we know? Because it's on TikTok. Okay, that makes sense. They believe it's get off of it. I guess they're ghosts, so they don't have a lot of pretense. My note to the ghost would be, get off of it, please. Please get off of it. <laughs> like that, I can handle it. Like, then you're like, oh, the ghost. It's just one more word. It would make all the world of a difference. Yeah. And also, you're a ghost. What, are you jealous that I'm on it? Like, 
Why do you suddenly care about material objects? Like, yeah. So many, like. TikTok, get off of it. Oh, maybe Ollie needs to look at that. Maybe that is what it's about. Kirsten, you've been such a delight. Oh, I am but a reflection, Roz. You are um, so brilliant. I love speaking with you. Thank you for taking the time. Is there anything you want people to know before you go? I'm doing this thing that's going to be at Theater of Note. I don't know when it will be, but I'm starting a thing called Bits. You should be in Bits, Roz. I want to be in Bits. It's a salon thing that I'm doing where I invite people that I already know are great creators, and they get up and they they do a bit, 10 minutes or less, of something that they've been meaning to finish, but they haven't. They either finish it, but they do a bit of it. Uh, with the idea that we're doing them multiple times, we'll have I'll have people on more than once so that by the end of, you know, if they do three or four of them, you've got 30, 40 minutes of material that you've then worked on. Because I think it's really important for us creative people to do stuff sometimes in front of people and half of the money goes to note and half of it goes, right now I'm doing one, half of the money is going to the uh, Kitty Bungalow, uh, which is a cat rescue place. And then the next next time it's going to go to the Wildlife Learning Center, um, but it's going to go to a different, you know, left-wing, terrible charities that I believe in strongly. And uh, and it's also just a way for artists to get up and make things, people to get up and make things. It's also interesting for people to see that process, I think. I think it's very inspiring. I, I You know, I've it's we're at Fringe right now. We're having the Hollywood Fringe right now, and I've seen a few shows, a few one-person shows. Some of them, not good. <laughs> and some of them, okay. And some of them, great. And I will say to you that all of them, I've left feeling like, oh, go go make things. Because that person went and made something. As imperfect as it was, it was something and it's valuable for all of us. It makes our world better micro in a microwave and, and makes the world better in general when we make things. And uh, But if you follow me on Kirsten Vangsness, at Kirsten Vangsness on Instagram, that's where I usually put things. Or I have a website that's kirstenvangsness.com that sometimes I update. But if not, it usually just has my Instagram feeds and stuff on there. Well, thank you. My pleasure. Oh, thank you so much to Kirsten Vang's Ness. Guys, I'm having the time of my life over here. And I so appreciate you with all of your super kind messages and posts about the show and following the show and just, just everything. The ratings. You guys are so, so sweet. I feel so grateful right now. All this hard work that I've put into this show over the years and now with this wonderful network exactly right. And so many people are working hard on this show and we we all really appreciate you guys loving it and letting us know about it and spreading the word. It's fun over here right now. Ooh, and we're getting closer and closer to spooky time. I love you all, both living and dead. But if I didn't ask you to haunt me, don't haunt me. Okay, bye! This has been an Exactly Right production. Want to share your paranormal experience on the podcast? I read stories out loud, and sometimes I'll even call you. So email me at ghostedbyroz at gmail.com. You can send a DM or voice message to the show's Instagram at ghostedbyroz. Give us a follow while you're there. And follow me, Roz, on Instagram at Roz Hernandez and on TikTok and Twitter at It's Roz Hernandez. 
My senior producer is the startling Jiha Lee. Associate producer is the alarming Alex Chi. This episode was mixed and sound designed by the eerie Edson Choi. My guest booker is the petrifying Patrick Kottner. Additional production support from the hair-raising Hannah Kyle Crichton. My theme music is by the spine-chilling Brendan Lynch Salomon. Artwork by the spooky Vanessa Lilac. Photography by the terrifying Elizabeth Karen. Executive produced by the chilling Karen Kilgariff, the spooky Georgia Hardstark, and the frightening Danielle Kramer. Follow Ghosted by Roz Hernandez on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts so you don't miss an episode. If you like what you hear, rate and review the show. Visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Ghosted by Roz Hernandez merch.